0: Live from Monarch Nation, this is the Extra Finnings ODU Baseball Podcast. Aaron Holiday on the hill. The sophomore prepares the 3-2. Swing and a bouncer toward Tommy Bell. He gobbles it up. He goes to first. In time! And the Monarchs, for the first time ever, are Conference USA Baseball Tournament champions. 7-5 the final score. The win over Louisiana Tech and the Bulldogs home field. And the Monarchs are doing the dog pile here in the dog pound. Well, well, well. Looky here. We've got a bonus edition of extra finnings with ODU head baseball coach and Conference USA Championship winning head coach, Chris Finwood. Coach, great to see you again. Good to see this ball still rolling.
1: Yeah, it was. It is. Uh, was, it was. is. Time is a little bit warped right now for all of us after 20 hours on a bus. But, you know, you got to be there for all of that and what a neat uh, experience. You know, like I said, I thought Louisiana Tech did a fantastic job of running that tournament. You know, the venue was awesome. Uh, The weather was great and uh, man, people that came to that tournament saw a bunch of really good games. Uh, and, and certainly Monarch fans did. Uh, you know, we played three not-so-close games and then one nail-biter uh, extra innings to, to win the championship. So really proud of all of our guys. Um, you know, had a number of guys on the all-tournament team, and Tommy Bell comes away with most outstanding player and, you know, just uh, a neat way for, you know, a senior to, to go out like that in, in conference play. And uh, another senior, Kyle Battle, hits the, you know, go-ahead home run there in the top of the tenth, uh, and and silences the crowd. Uh, just storybook stuff that game. I mean, people were talking about this was hey something cool happened. I, I don't know how many times I've heard hey some, this this was cool that happened on that day. This was cool that happened on that day. We had so many of them. I mean, you could write a freaking memoir about it. It was just them one after another, you know.
0: We're we're going to be bouncing around on this edition of Extra Finnings, the look inside the ODU baseball team. But let me start here. Let me start with what a lot of people were talking about and the brilliant move of playing games in Pat Patterson Park to wrap up the regular season so you could get used to the brand new facility, get used to the whole vibe. Tell me about how that came about and how that bore fruit for you.
1: Yeah, well – with the COVID scheduling, we lopped off the first weekend and the last weekend of the conference schedule. So we didn't have anybody to play. And, you know, talking with Coach Burroughs, they didn't either. And so we just decided, hey, you know, why don't we come down and we'll play two games and, um, you know, then we'll just stay there. we got to go there anyway, and it's better than staying here and practicing. You know, it's two we didn't play them during the regular season. It's two really good RPI games get used to the field, all the things that you think might be good about it. Uh, at that point, neither one of us had played a game, so we didn't know if we were going to be any good or not. We were hoping, and I just said, the only thing is, if we're not in the tournament, you know, don't qualify for it. we ain't coming. <laughs> he said, fair enough. So, you know, when it became apparent we were going to be in the tournament, we decided to get all the – everything set up and then – went down there. And you're right. I mean, it couldn't have worked out better. We got to practice Wednesday night then we play them Thursday, Friday in front of their fans. And they had probably 1500 both days. It, it wasn't their biggest crowd, but it was just nice to play with some fans yelling at you, yeah. you get in front of that because with COVID, we haven't done that all year, really, especially on the road. And so I, I thought that was really valuable for us on top of that, just getting used to the, the visual parts of the ballpark, um, how the turf played, things like that. I mean, you know, our guys were joking around, uh, calling that our home field and stuff. Instead of the Love Shack, they were calling it the Bud Shack. <laughs> and uh, so they had a blast with it. You know, the people in Ruston treated us great. Um, our team's easy to treat, Greg, just because when you watch them play, you, you know, if you know anything about baseball, you really respect how they go about their business. And, you know, I think, we, we got a number of comments. I got some emails today from some Louisiana Tech fans just talking about, you know, how, how much they enjoyed watching our guys play.
0: The interesting thing I found in the very first game after a two-hour rain delay, Monarchs were first on the clock in the 5-4 matchup against Florida Atlantic. And if I remember correctly, Kyle Battle, in the bottom of the first, blasted a ball. That was probably a very, very difficult play for an outfielder from FAU who had not been in the building before. And it ended up being a leadoff triple.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, those are things that we maybe had a little bit of an advantage on without a doubt because not only did we play there twice, we practiced uh, four times before the tournament started. So we had a lot of hours logged on that field. Um, we knew where the nooks and crannies were and, um, it certainly, it, you know, it, it, it certainly had to help us.
0: So after you win the championship and we'll get into the specifics of that, cause it was a really, really good baseball game and the tournament was chock full of those. Uh, how many texts tell me about your phone blowing up? Did you, did you run out of juice ever? And are there any of the texts or emails that you got that kind of stand out as, as as a little bit more special, they're all special, but any of them stand out a little bit more?
1: Well, I'm still trying to return all of them. I mean, certainly over a hundred and maybe 150 to 200, but you know, a lot of former players need to see, um, a, lot of, a lot of former coaches, a lot of coaching colleagues, you know, it's a tight knit community the the baseball coaching world and a lot of personal friends, you know, and so many people around here, you wonder some days do people really care about baseball and um, so many people around here sending me screenshots and videos of them watching the game and cheering for us and that that really makes me feel good because we're trying to create a following in baseball and you know a success helps that certainly but um, yeah the you know the the family ones those are always the best um, the kids and you know, Gray was following my son, you know, watching every game and sending us texts after the game. And all those are very rewarding and gratifying, certainly. But um, some of the interviews, you know, the interview you did with, with Bell um, where he's still sitting on the ground because he's too tired to get up. <laughs> he's Battle, got was Battle was sitting too. Yeah, those kids, you know, if you want to talk about, I mean, Bell's got ice on both his legs. He got hit twice and – I think without a doubt, I know it's a cliche, but I think those kids put every ounce of everything they had into that tournament and that game just emotionally. And, you know, uh, there was so much, such intensity in that game. Uh, Those kids were exhausted after that game. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I tell them all the time, guys, if you're going to be sitting there in your locker or sitting on the ground or on the bench in the dugout, is there a better feeling anywhere than being victorious and just being exhausted? And there's not because you know what you put into it. And you know it doesn't always work out that way. You don't always win, but when you put your best effort forward and, and they certainly all did um, it's just, you know, the trophy is great. That's what everybody sees. But I think the feeling is even better.
0: It's gotta be, even better for you and your staff. You put in the effort win, lose, or draw. And you put in the emotional investment win, lose, or draw. And to see the kids be able to have that experience, I mean, no wonder everybody gets emotion.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. How can you? What they say in Bull Durham, and how can you not be passionate about baseball? Yeah. Uh, and, and I try to detach myself from results as much as I can during the season because I try to just stay involved more and how we can help these kids put them in positions to be successful. Um, you got to get your emotions out of that a lot of days and not worry about how are we going to win or, or those type of things. But you know, when you're in the, when you're in the bottom of the 10th and there's a runner on first and two outs and their best hitters up, um, I ain't going to lie, man, you're into it and you're, you're, you're on edge. You know, I think everybody was. And I love the one video that showed, um, you know, three, two, two outs, one run first, bottom of the 10th. Um, and, and it panned to me in the dugout and then it panned to lane and coaching third over there. And I think Bobby Valentine said, uh, something about, you know, ain't this fun skipper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, there's so many interesting snippets to to choose from from the entire event down in in uh, in Ruston. But let's first start with just the atmosphere they have. They have they're knowledgeable baseball fans. Yeah, they want to win, and yeah, they get uh, get up and down like any fan. But they were really plugged in. The fact that the Bulldogs won all their games in walk off fashion probably didn't hurt. But they knew when it's five, three Monarchs, that the game wasn't over.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And that's where the home field helps you. And that's what's so impressive about our kids is they didn't fold. You know, they had a lot of chances to. And I think some of it had to do with playing them twice already. We were down in both of those games, I think, going into the seventh inning and, and ended up winning them both. And so we've been in close games with them already. It wasn't quite in front of that crowd, and it wasn't for the – Conference USA tournament championship but we'd still been in them and um, it took us a couple innings on Sunday to get the kinks out I think the guys were a little bit um, in awe of the crowd maybe is a better way to say it but then I heard them you know the banner started back up and they were just playing ball after that
0: it's interesting because it was for everybody emotionally draining from day number one they come in having to beat southern miss twice the day before so you could tell they were a little wrung out they took a two nothing lead uh, the bases loaded walk get you on the board and it seemed like there was a little bit of a sigh of relief there
1: yeah and we left a couple runs out there in that game you know we had runners on third and less than two outs a couple of times and didn't score them and you like to cast those in <clears throat> but then tommy bell hits the the big three-run homer to put us up And, you know, we're, we're uh, Robbie Petrosi comes off the bench and pinch hit home run uh, first at bat in like a month. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, three weeks, certainly. And let me,
0: let me, let me jump in on that one, Tommy Lasorda, because you look and you see Kirk Gibson in the dugout. What made you think that he was ready to go, able to go and
1: willing to go? Well, he was definitely willing to go. You know, he's been taking batting practice and moving around with that brace and trying to. Figure out how to manage his swing since that injury happened, and um, to his credit, he wanted to be a part of this. Um, he certainly won't ever forget that moment. But I just, you know, they had a lefty in the game, and Lincoln Ransom had a good tournament for us. He swung about real well, uh, and I just said, look, if they bring the righty in, we're gonna we're gonna let Robbie pinch it. If he gets on base, we'll pinch run for him. And I told Robbie, you know, we'd been talking about this all, all along. Like you got to try to hit the ball in the air so you don't have to run hard, and uh, just three good hacks, man. And uh, you know, he laced that first one just past the first base coach's box. Oh, oh! And then the guy threw him another fastball, and I mean, hit it out over the train tracks. I mean, that.
0: Was- swings at that one—a high fly ball, right field. It's deep, and that ball for Petrosi is gone. Robbie Petrossi, pinch hitting for Lincoln Ransom, finds his way toward the railroad track, and the lead is five-three. He's feeding the kennel out there in right field with some rawhide.
1: Was no doubter, as soon as he hit it, and to watch him walking, running around the bases. You're right. His his summer coach growing up, um, Jim Wells of Baseball U, actually tweeted. I sent a great tweet and it, it alternates between Robbie's swing, Kirk Gibson's swing. Robbie running, Kirk Gibson running. It was just really cool.
0: Another huge moment in the game. Double play would be sweet. There's a bouncer to Moore. Moore's gonna go to second for one. Bell on to first. In time for the double play. What a play from Ryan Moores. Kootney spikes the ball into the turf. Oh, 1-6-3 if you're scoring at home, and we'll go to the eighth inning. Old Dominion's oh-so-slight lead remains intact. The 1-6-3 double play in the seventh inning. Talk about Ryan Moore fielding his position, needing to throw a two-seam fastball with some juice on it to second to enable the double play.
1: Yeah, we hit into a few double plays ourselves, but you know the one in the first inning kind of – get you settled in there. We walk a guy, get a double play. And, you know, that one certainly, um, you know, Ronald made a good feed. Tommy Bell turns it. Uh, We, we played fantastic defense, really the whole tournament. We didn't make an error in four games and, you know, college baseball that's doing something. So
0: they tie the game and it's five, five, and you go to the top of the 10th and Kyle battle comes up with a runner on first after Tommy got, got hit in the leg and ends he hadn't had the greatest game, but the one tribute to your team, which is a, or one facet of your team, which is a tribute to you and the staff, they never give up. They realize there's another at-bat coming up. They know, they know what's going on, and Battle knew what was going on.
1: Yeah, and he hit a ball really hard his at-bat before that. You know, Wheeler, um, I think, was on second base after after Petrossi hit the home run. He was on second with no outs. He hit that ball off the wall that they reviewed, and then Kyle – that, that kid caught that ball two steps from the wall in right center um, to move him over. But <clears throat> the, the other interesting part of that is they brought in their, their guy, Fincher, who they've been their, you know, their top starter all year. So they were all – everybody was all in. Um, we've used more. They brought Fincher in. Gregory wasn't going to be available for us that game. Um, and, and so, you know, he, uh, he, he gets an out, then he hits Bell, then he gets another out. So we got runners on, you know, runner on first base and two outs.
0: And here's battle, the 1 1. Swing and a smash toward deep center field. That's going, and that is going, and that is gone! Kyle Battle, two run home run in the top of the 10th inning, and the Monarchs take a 7 5 lead. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love that.
1: Man, that was a no doubter. As soon as he hit it, everybody knew it was gone. He got all of it. And I asked him. He said, "Oh yeah, I didn't miss that one."
0: <laughs> you told me when he came around second base, the look on his face—you'll never forget.
1: No, we've had a number of those moments this year. You know, the the uh, the walk off he hit in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth to beat um, to beat Northeastern was really special. I thought, and uh, you know, that just a neat neat story with him and then to see his Kyle is a, about as unemotional a young manager you're ever going to get he is his flat line the dude and I think that helps our team play that way a little bit we play with emotion but we don't play emotionally and to see him coming around second and then to look watch him as he sees his teammates at the plate I mean he just let out a just genuine ah you know that kind of thing it was it was it was awesome it was awesome to be a part of that
0: so the monarchs go four and oh in the conference tournament they win their first ever conference usa tournament championship automatic qualifier to the ncaa's you're going to columbia as a one seed You'll take on Jacksonville on Friday. Until Saturday, it'll be either Virginia or South Carolina, and who knows what happens from there. Uh, talk about watching the, the selection show or, or getting that information and how you process it.
1: Yeah, it was the, I actually had a friend call me earlier and tell me, you know, once we saw the regional sites, we had an idea because we knew we were going to be a one seed more than likely at that point. And um, we figured we were going to South Carolina because they were hosting. But I had a friend call me and tell me who the other teams were in there. I think it's really interesting that the, that UVA's in there and congratulations to them. They're playing as good as anybody in the country right now. They got off to a really slow start and then they got hot. So um, the uh, you know, wh- what can you say? It's the first time ever for being a one seed for our baseball program ever. And that's neat. Uh, that's unprecedented. And you know we're excited to go down there at, as the one seed. It's unusual to have to do it on the road, but that's where we're at. And so our guys don't mind playing on the road. I think we were 19 and six or 20 and six on the road this year. So we had, uh, you know, they got tournament games listed as neutral, but they're certainly not, and because uh, they're not at home. But you know, that's um, we're just excited to be still playing, watching the show, the guys. It was the most. ODU baseball way to watch it ever we're on in the middle of an 18 hour bus ride home and the guys are we couldn't we tried to get home just didn't work and uh, the guys are watching it on their phones and their iPads on the bus and you know when you already know you're in that's a little bit easier to do it that way and you know our people were wonderful yesterday they had a big thing set up at uh Kogan's and Hanksville and station they fed the guys um Had a police escort once we got into Norfolk, taking the bus there. All of it was just really, really cool.
0: Everybody has their story. My story is I'm realizing that on the plane from Atlanta to Norfolk, I can get ESPN2. The problem was at two minutes after 12, just as they're about to roll into the show and start naming brackets, on come the announcements. And if you've ever been on a plane with with video service, they cut off the video for the announcements and the the, the airline propaganda and all that type of stuff and what to do with the life jacket. And I'm saying, thanks, I appreciate the safety. I'm going to be safe, but I've got some stuff to watch here. So finally, back on right now. <laughs> so finally, what seemed like hours later, they get back to the show. And, and of course, the Monarch uh, bracket was shown later in the, in the hour long show. And it was really neat to see that it's 35,000 feet.
1: That is cool. Yeah. Wood said the same thing. Um, Yeah. When you look up there and you see your bracket and and old Dominion's got a one next to it. I mean, uh, that's, that's pretty significant. I don't think we can take that for granted because it's hard to do for a mid major to be a one seed and especially to be a one seed that's going on the road. I mean, um, it, it says the committee valued what your guys did all year. Um, and our metrics were fantastic. The one guy that writes for uh D1 baseball um said, Look, their metrics stack up with any one seed in the whole country. And um, you know, I, I talked to Wood about this, and I think it's important to mention, you know, because the I've gotten a number of questions, why aren't you guys hosting? You know, it's you know, why, why, and and really a lot of them have a bit of a negative slant to them, and I don't, I don't wish to. To approach it that way, how, how I wish to approach it is, yeah, we understand and know that our facility needs to be improved so we can have a chance to host conference tournaments and regionals if we're fortunate enough to be in that type of position again. We want to use this experience to help us um, do that. You know, we want to improve the facility. We want to make it a first-class place. We're probably ninth in our league facility-wise right now, but I don't say that we're also proud of it doesn't clearly doesn't keep us from winning games, but we'd like to be able to host conference tournaments and regionals at home. Uh, people talk about Harbor park and things like that. That's a great facility, but it's not ours. And so there's not an advantage to hosting it there. We never play there. The, the beauty of hosting is you playing on your field where, where you're used to it. And so, um, you know, if we're going to play at Harbor park, we might as well play somewhere else. And I know our fans could, see that easier, but that's how we'd like to look at it. We, we would like to, you know, which told me our new president is, is very interested in helping us do that and there's some things in place and we really appreciate that. Um, I've been here 10 years now and yeah, we do need to improve our facility. There's no question about that. I'm just grateful that we're, we're moving in that direction and success helps.
0: Jacksonville on Friday. UVA or South Carolina on Saturday. How do you set up the rotation? What can you tell us about preparation for the actual games?
1: Well, the guys are looking at Jacksonville stuff now. You know, it's the same thing. you got to beat the team you're playing. And um, Hunter Gregory will go Friday. You know, once we brought in Ryan Moore on Sunday, that kind of flipped their rotation from the conference tournament. Uh, Hunter will be on plenty of rest. And um, both those kids have been really good for us. Hunter's been fantastic here lately. You know, what did he retire fourteen or fifteen in a row at one point in that game against uh, Middle? Fourteen, so, yeah. Yeah, he's good, and it'll be a good showcase for him. Be a lot of scouts there, and he'll be he'll be excited and ready to go.
0: Coach, congratulations! Well done. Enjoy the ride. I'm sure you're going to do just that. You'll get sleep uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, we'll uh, in the meanwhile, uh, safe travels down to Columbia. We'll see you down there, and let's keep rocking and rolling. All right. Thanks, ball game. Thank you. That is Chris Finwood, head baseball coach at Old Dominion University for the first time ever, Conference USA Tournament champions, for the first time ever, a one seed, and they'll go down to Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Dolphins from Jacksonville Friday night at 7 o'clock. Check it out on ESPN3 or check out the audio on Money Talk 1310 and 100.9 FM in Hampton Roads. For the coach, Chris Finwood, I'm Ted Alexander. Let's go, Monarchs. Let's make some more history.